Welcome to the Expansive CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman, founder of Expansive CEO and X Squared Wealth Planning. Buckle in as we explore how to create true prosperity and build a business and a life that expands beyond yourself and makes a dent in the universe. Welcome everyone to this episode of Investment Friday on the Expansive CEO Podcast. I am your host, Hannah Chapman. I am here with the Chief Investment Officer of Juncture Wealth Strategies, Brad Haynes. Um, you are so excited today. I am. About all the things. Yeah. So what's up, Brad? What's going on? Well, I mean, I'm sure everybody has heard by now, This, the last two days have been an enormous and amazing time with, you know, uh, inflation coming under target, the Federal Open Market Committee, the the committee that sets interest rate policy for the United States, um, decided to pause just to hold again at, at the current interest rate level, and and actually made um, made hints that they'll be reducing interest rates in 2024. Now we believe they're going to rate they're going to probably reduce it a half to three quarters of a percent starting in the second half of the year. Um, the market is currently thinking twice that much and starting much earlier, but that 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 dovishness in the tone really sent asset markets much higher. And when I, when I mean asset markets, I mean you had the bond market, you had the ten-year Treasury yield go from four point zero eight percent to three point nine three percent. That that is a massive rally in bond prices, which again lowers that yield. Um, you had equity prices go up a lot. Now, what's interesting is the context of who went up the most. You had the top eight magnificent or the spectacular seven or magnificent eight, however you want to describe them, that have basically owned this year in terms of return. You know, the, the Microsoft, the Apples, the Amazons, the Googles, all of those companies um, actually kind of break evenish okay mm. whereas you had small cap up three and a half percent wow you've had over the last so basically since the peak in rates you know was october 19th just a couple months ago a month and a half ago you had the u.s 10 the 10-year treasury yield peak at five percent today we're at 393 okay so massive drop huge yeah and who are the two places, the places where you could have made the most money? Small cap and real estate. The two areas that have been beaten up the most and the two areas that will profit the most from lower interest rates and lower yields. And just to put a timestamp on it, because I forgot to do that uh, when we started, it is Thursday, December 14th at about 4.45 p.m. Eastern right now. Um, so the markets are closed and like... Brad said we had a huge rally um, in some of the asset classes over the last couple of days. And we're not even, you know, we still have another two weeks left of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be, you know, from here on out, um, the, the news is going to slow down quite dramatically. I mean, we have Congress going on recess tomorrow. Um, effectively, they're, they're going to be... Um, out of work or, or on vacation or on holiday for the next two to three weeks. So a lot of that's going to be slow. 
Um, a lot of the traders and asset managers on Wall Street take the last two weeks of the year off. And so what tends to happen is volatility ramps up because there's less people to trade, a lot less people. So it, it sometimes it gives you a magnified effect, um, which then usually corrects itself within the first week or two of, of the new year. But it, the news is going to slow down pretty dramatically. We kind of know where where we are today, we're, we kind of buttoned up um, the year a little bit, and and now we're looking forward to 24. Well, speaking of that, um, we're talking about earnings a little bit, right? Yeah, so, coming on there? Well, earnings, um, first of all, earnings in 23 have been much more resilient than, than the beginning of last year we thought at this stage. We thought 23 was going to be kind of a rough year for earnings. It hasn't been. It's been much, much more resilient, uh, particularly in those, again, large, magnificent eight or spectacular seven stocks. Um, they, their earnings have done quite well, relatively speaking. Um, what I think is going to be amazing to see is how much earnings projections grow for the small cap space relative to the U.S. large companies. You know, the last few years, well, really the last many five to 10 years, the U.S. large cap have really dominated the equity landscape. Mm -hmm. That is no longer going to be the case that they're starting to hand that baton off to some other areas that are much more sensitive to interest rates. You have small cap again, beaten up right now. The median small cap company is is expected to grow their earnings by three and a half percent doesn't sound like a lot, but basically that's the same for large cap. So when you have the same expected median return earnings growth, where are you going to go? Are you going to go, are you going to pay 19 times earnings for that for large cap, or are you going to pay 11 to 12 times earnings for the small cap? Um, large caps right now are trading just off their all-time highs, where small caps are still 20 to 25% off their all-time highs. So you have a situation where they're, you know, small caps are much, much more reliant on bank financing. So you have a situation where this cost of financing is going to start to, to go down. And those earnings, those excess earnings are going to start to ramp up. And they're going to ramp up much, much more quickly than large cap, their large cap brethren. And that is going to help those stock prices uh, go back up quite a bit. Uh, whether they get to their all-time highs, we don't know, but we think that they're going to have a magnified effect. Certain parts of real estate are also going to have um, a pretty good effect. Some of the real estate subsectors have gone down in sympathy with office, which we all know. You know the back to you know the back to work trend is more like, well, we're you have to be in the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Monday, and Friday. Everybody's staying home. And so the utilization of office is is quite a bit lower than it was pre-pandemic. And so we we continue to believe that areas that have traded down with those office spaces, but yet still have resilient rental income and the like will will start to appreciate uh, much, much more quickly than than they have in, in the past two to three years. And so we talked about this a little bit yesterday um since we have you know investment calls on wednesdays um to kind of go over what's going on and 
we had talked a little bit about uh, residential housing. And um, so what's the difference there just for listeners who, you know, okay, we've got commercial real estate, um, which is in really a much different, uh, it's, it's like a fully different asset class almost at this point, right? Commercial real estate and residential real estate are acting so differently. Yeah. I mean, one of the, it usually was that re, residential real estate acted very, very differently than commercial based on the fact of who purchased residential real estate. And that was individuals, households, people that were wanting to establish families or households where they would live, you know, their own home. Um, over the past number of years, since really 2009, 2010, you've started to see a lot of private equity funds, private real estate funds become much, much more involved in buying single family residences and starting to rent those out. So we do believe that the the days of excess rental growth are probably in the rear view mirror and you'll start to see some of those private credit funds, private real estate funds start to unload some of those properties as presumably uh, values are still fairly firm um, and will probably be a little firmer as uh, mortgage rates start to drop because, again, as bond yields drop, so do mortgage rates. And so, as we've seen, that big drop from October 19th to today, there's a lot of people probably out there saying, man, I better start looking at that mortgage again because possibly I could buy that house now that I couldn't even six weeks ago. Yeah. And that's one thing that's really interesting that I don't know that it's going to pass, especially not, uh, you know, Congress is going on recess, but it's, uh, there's something going through the house and the Senate right now. Um, I can't remember the name of the act exactly, but that's looking to restrict hedge funds from being able to purchase single family homes. Um, so again, I don't know that it will actually pass because there's certainly a lot of money behind those hedge funds being able to keep doing um, what they're doing. But what might that look like? Do you have any thoughts if that were to go through? Um, yeah, I mean, it would probably make it probably make it easier for the, the household to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you in Ohio, or, but in Arizona, one of the frustrating things about buying a home was you would um start, you know, you'd make an offer, you get pre-qualified for a mortgage, you go, you make the offer and uh, you would get outbidded because there was a cash buyer, a quote unquote cash buyer. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of the times these private real estate um, hedge funds or private credit funds that were looking to buy real estate and they had cash, they had cash to burn. And so they would just automatically come in with cash. And if you had a contingency or anything odd, easy, you know, that would, that would be a hiccup compared to an all cash buyer. The all cash buyer won. I don't blame the seller, but I think if they prohibited or limited the amount of homes, single family residences that private real estate could do, I I, I don't know. Um, It would definitely put not some downward pressure, but it would certainly alleviate the problem, the competition. And that would, probably moderate price increases going forward a little bit, at least in certain locales. Um, mm-hmm. I know in the sun, Sun Belt states, right, Arizona, California, Texas, 
um, all the way over to Florida, you had that's where a lot of those hedge funds were were very active. Um, you know, some of the north, the, the Midwest, Northeast, uh, mid, uh, Pacific Northwest probably didn't have those type of issues as they did like in Arizona. So it would probably put a moderating effect on the future price increases. Um, so that's good or bad, depending on what side of the transaction you're on. Yeah, I would I would think for the majority of single family home owners and buyers, you know, right, that's like that's what we need is more moderation in how quickly housing prices are going up. Um, in Ohio, it's not as prominent, um, but, you know, it's still a thing. Um, and I know in Arizona, I still have a lot of family there, you know, people whose homes have appreciated literally 100% in, you know, five years time, which is great if you're the seller, but even right. if you're then selling, like, then you also have to go buy a house that has appreciated a hundred percent, you know, with the down payment that, or, you know, you might have gotten a lot of equity out of your home and now it's, it's just all going towards down payment on another home that's equally yeah. as appreciated. What What's interesting is I just had a client um, whose daughter just moved from uh, the Bay Area in California and purchased an all-cash house in Scottsdale. And again, it's an interesting dynamic because really the only way to take advantage of that 100% price gain within five years is to move to a lower cost locale. Right. So, you know, my client's daughter, she thought she was getting a smoking deal, a fantastic deal because she was she was essentially, she took all of her, her equity out of her home in California and, and bought a cash, bought a cash, uh, did an all cash buy for her new residence and thought she was getting a great deal. You know, so if you're in Arizona, you have a doubling of your house, uh, you know, maybe check out Idaho, maybe check out Wyoming or, or some smaller towns in Colorado. It, it really could earn, be a great windfall for you. But uh, in fact, we just had a, an employee move from uh, Arizona to Ohio. Mm -hmm. And he made the same type of comments. Like he sold an, what I thought was an overpriced house in Arizona because it has grown so much in Arizona. The prices have just, like you said, doubled within five years. And he went to a smaller town in Ohio, which hadn't doubled in five years. And so that arbitrage or that 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 ability to sell high and buy low is 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 probably it's fantastic for him, uh, particularly because the future economic growth in Ohio is probably just as good as in Arizona. So, yeah. And you actually just said a word uh, that I used in conversation the other day, um, which is arbitrage. So there's our uh, vocab lesson for today. <laughs> Yeah. Arbitrage is the spread between prices and playing on, you know, getting your own gain between the spread. Uh, yes. Yes. It's a, yeah, it's a odd word. Technically it should be a risk free, but we're going to set that assumption aside for the word of arbitrage <laughs> in, in this scenario. So. So what else is going on uh, right now, end of the year that we need to, you know, kind of, look out for in 2024, you know, if the next couple of weeks are going to be kind of quiet, um, what 
what is the outlook in 24 from your perspective? That's a great question. I'm just about to um, to publish our 2024 kind of look ahead. Um, and what we're finding is we're proud, you know, the, the slowing economy, which is is one of the reasons inflation has been coming down, which is what is allowing the Fed to put a pause on interest rate increases and probably lower them second half 24 is we're probably going to go through a soft patch. You know, um, consumer spending is a little stretched right now, even though it's been pretty resilient. We're still in the season of spend um, from August 1st to essentially the end of the, the end of the year. Um, and so the, the the payments for those have to be start have to start being made in January. So how does that impact consumer spending, which is two-thirds of the economy? We think it's going to slow, not dramatically, but we think it's going to be slowing enough to where the first two quarters we have negative GDP growth. So that's going to be, you know, very slightly negative, break-even, maybe slightly positive, somewhere in that range for the first half of the year, with a slow, a slow acceleration in the second half to the to the point where you get a one to one and a half percent GDP growth rate for 2024, what's that going to do? Well, one, we think equities are going to do well, but it depends on what equities. So we think interest rate sensitive stocks are going to be the place to be. Banks, okay, financials, real estate, um, Utilities, if you if you if you have the if you have the desire to do that, um, yeah. So banks, financials, small cap, real estate are probably some of the areas. Industrials are probably going to be some of the areas that are really going to um, are really going to take off. Relatively speaking, I don't think large caps going to do poorly. I just don't think they're going to do as well as those other areas that were what we've been talking about almost the whole year at this point, right? That spread between small cap and large cap, how long small cap has underperformed. Um, and to um, a similar extent, um, foreign stocks as well, right? Like we, we're, we've been looking more at internationals um, to start to come back in line uh, with how much U.S. large cap stocks have run up over the past 10 years, 15 at this point? Yeah. I mean, it's they've they've done phenomenally. So people that have heavily overweighted large cap in the past 10 years, congratulations, you hit it out of the park. However, that may not be the same over the next five years that it, as it has been. In fact, it'd be very, very rare that that would be the occurrence. Um, you know, it's interesting you mentioned the international space because uh, international meaning... Uh, the, we had two central banks pause interest rates uh, this week as well. We had the uh, European Central Bank just announced today they paused their rate, which is really, really good because they're already kind of in a recession anyways. So increasing interest rates into a into a uh, recession is not usually the best thing to do. And then the Bank of England also paused interest rate increases. So again, everybody's forecasting a nice uh, disinflation from where it's currently at a little over 3% down to two, two and a half percent by the end of two, two, uh, 2024. So again, I think it's going to be a very good year for asset prices. Um, I think that you're going to see uh, prime or secondary housing markets start to loosen up. 
as people can now afford another house. So you're going to start to see those prices start to clear. Um, so I think it's going to be a good year, but I do think there are probably some hiccups in, in store. Nothing's ever a straight line. And so you're going to have um, inflation probably popping up a little bit because of some base effects the first part of the year. So you're going to have slowing economic growth, what seemingly is a little higher inflation, but it's really not because it's just a statistical anomaly. So it's something that you just have to uh, be aware of and not freak out about um, if you see uh, inflation rate that's just a little higher. Um, so that said, again, we think uh, we're going to reaccelerate into positive by the end of set by the end of 24 or the second half of 24. We think yields are going to probably continue to drop and uh, you're going to start to see the front end of the curve. So zero to two years start to come down more as the Fed gets closer to cutting those rates. And then eventually as they cut those rates, the normal shape of the yield curve will 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 be resuming. So we don't have that inversion we've talked about for two years. So you're saying the uh, the four and a half to five and a half percent uh, high yield savings rates aren't going to be here for much longer. Probably by the end of this year, by the end of next year, we're probably going to be looking at three, per, three to four percent, um, three to four, four and a half percent uh, high yield savings accounts. So. Again, it's one of those things that if you've had, if you've enjoyed a five to five and a half percent uh, money market fund over the past couple of years, great. Uh, probably lock in, probably you probably would want to lock in something a little higher um, for longer, which we did earlier this year. Actually, the first part of this year, uh, we extended our duration and our fixed income um, to take advantage of those high rates. So interesting. So, that's a lot. Um, so we'll we'll pause on the uh, economic talk for a moment. And it's 10 days till you know Christmas Eve. Hanukkah's wrapping up um, pretty soon. We've got all of these, uh, you know, all the holidays coming through. What are you doing for your first Christmas in Utah? How's that going? It's a great question. It family, family, family. It's it's uh we have um all of our kids up here. Uh, my son just got married and uh, my my sister just moved um, to Utah as well. And so it is all going to be about family. In fact, I have a brother who lives in Egypt and he's going to be here this weekend and spend a week with us um, with his kids. And so it's going to be a, a fantastic Christmas, but it's all going to be about family, family, family and a little sledding. All right. Are you supposed to get snow? Do you think? Um, well, we have a lot of snow in the mountains. So if anybody is looking for a ski vacation, please come on out. We have more than enough snow in the mountains. In the valley where I live, um, we don't have a ton. In fact, we have just a scattering of it, but uh, we're expecting probably some storms coming through that will help us get a little more snow down in the valley floor. Um but some of the some of the sledding hills we go to are pretty close to the ski resort, so they're definitely definitely have enough snow to do a little sledding. Well, that will be super fun. Uh, I'm just checking here. I don't know that we're going to get any snow. 
before. It's not the it's it's going to be cold, but not like snow cold this year. So we might not get any snow in Cincinnati. I don't know. Well, come on out. Are you gonna Are you going to um Are you gonna be spent? What are you gonna be doing for the holidays? We will be home. We uh, traveled over to Arizona for Thanksgiving. Um, so, you know, with all five of us and finding someone to watch the dogs here, uh, it's always a, a lot. We had a really good time um, being out there. So this this holiday for Christmas, we'll just be home and um, everyone gets to stay in their pajamas all day and <laughs> open presents kind of slowly, have a nice breakfast. That's kind of our, our thing. So Christmas Eve, we go. Uh, everyone gets Christmas pajamas and we make hot chocolate and we go in the car and um, go and look at Christmas lights all over the city. And so that's one of our favorite things to to do on Christmas oh, Eve. That, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, your kids are of the age where they still enjoy Christmas. Oh, they love Christmas. Yeah. My, my kids are the age where they enjoy it, but... They're also in their twenties, so yeah. it's it's like mom, dad. I want to go spend with my time with my friends, my girlfriend and her boyfriend. I want to, you know. So it's uh, my wife keeps saying we want some grandkids so we can get the magic of Christmas back. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But then the grandkids have two sets of grandparents, right? So everyone has to has to share. Uh, yeah, we all have to share. We will has- be doing some uh, interesting some. Uh, service projects. Um, so we're, we're definitely looking for, uh, my wife and some, my daughters are doing some research on how we can give back to the community during this time of year. Cause that's really what makes this time of year, a real, a real precious one. So. Beautiful. Well, if you have any, any good ideas, um, be sure to share them just so we can, we can support you or, you know, be inspired uh, by what you're doing for this year. We like to do um, go to some of the angel trees and, and um, buy gifts for, you know, the kids that need, need a little bit of extra, extra help and joy. um, Absolutely. So beautiful. Well, I hope you have an awesome next couple of weeks. I, we might be recording next week, but I'm not going to make any promises. Um, so for December 21st, uh, so if we don't have another podcast before the, um, Christmas holiday here, I hope everyone has a wonderful holiday. Thank you for listening. Um, and if you have any questions for us, don't hesitate to send, um, anything that you want to hear more about. So you can email me, at Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at ExpansiveCEO.com if you have questions for the podcast. Um, and Brad, where can people reach you? You reach me at uh, bhaines, B-H-A-I-N-E-S, at JunctureWealth.com. And, uh, you know, if you just put in the subject line that you listen to the podcast and you would like, you, you have a certain question or you would like um, a copy of my presentation for the 2024 look ahead uh please let me know and i will send it out to you um and appreciate your guys' support all right thanks we'll talk to you again soon sounds good that's it for this episode thanks for listening and be sure to like and subscribe and again if anything resonated with you from this episode i would love to hear from you 
email me at hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at expansiveceo.com and tell me about it. And if you're ready for your greatest expansion, you can find ways to work with me at expansiveceo.com and at xsquaredwealthplanning.com. That's X, the numeral two, wealthplanning.com. So until next time, remember that there is enough, you are enough, and your birthright in this lifetime is to be expansive.